The opinions expressed by guests of Selling Legal are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of their employers or affiliates. The legal ecosystem is changing. New competitors from the big four, legal technology firms, and law companies, or so-called alternative service providers, are taking market share away from law firms. But the smart firms are fighting back by differentiating themselves in the market with a laser focus on serving clients. How are they doing it? This is where law firm leaders from around the globe are telling those stories. This is Selling Legal. For Selling Legal, I'm Andy Peterson from the legal consulting firm Design Build Legal, alongside my partner, Kate White. Today's guest is Katie DeBoard, the Chief Innovation Officer at Brian Cave Layton Paisner. Katie tells us the story of a law firm innovation effort that goes back more than two decades, and how she, a litigator by training, first got involved. She also talks about how they've gone from engaging directly with legal departments and legal operations folks to taking those best practices and folding them back into the law firm at large. A focus on legal operations and innovation. That's how Katie DeBoard is selling legal. Katie DeBoard. I am the Global Chief Innovation Officer of Brian Cave, Leighton Paisner. Um, you know, really my role, I, I sometimes joke that my role is whatever I want it to be. But what I want it to be is um, r- designing new ways that we're delivering legal service to our client uh, clients and opening doors to um, having business conversations with our clients and thinking about how we as lawyers in a law firm can be better business partners to our clients. Um, and at root, that's where I dedicate the majority of my work. Yeah. One of the things I think is really fascinating about you, and we've known each other for a long time, is that your background is as a litigator. And the reason I think it's interesting, and, and people who are listening here would probably agree, um, you know, when, when Kate, my partner, and I, when we go out and we talk at conferences or we interview folks for whatever situation, we'll have people come up from the audience who are litigators, and they'll say, well, you know what, that was really interesting. And you know, if I was an employment lawyer or a real estate lawyer, or if I was doing you know, churning IP licenses or whatever, that would make a lot of sense for me. But I'm a litigator. And they don't say, I'm a litigator, but they may as well. <laughs> they might. I mean, they may as well. And sometimes they do, I guess. Uh, you know, talk about your background as a litigator and maybe if that sort of gives you different perspective or what has it been like to sort of transition from litigation into this client-facing innovation? It was hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a steep learning curve to go into um, into legal innovation. There's there's a lot of complexity to it. But you know, I was I was a complex litigator, so I did not have you know um, the the portfolio litigation cases where I saw opportunity to standardize, automate, collect data, etc. Um, and I'm not a recovering litigator. People joke about that a lot. I actually really liked litigating. I liked the fight. I liked the um, the strategy and the tactics, and I liked winning. Um, you know, so I think what was interesting to me, what I liked about litigation, and what I what interested me in this role is just learning new stuff. And this role was is really about constantly learning new stuff. Um, you know, as it applies to litigation, I think um, litigators sometimes are right that it's harder to 
um, apply a lot of sort of core legal innovation concepts to litigation. Um, I do think that there's a, a lot of opportunity, obviously in portfolio litigation where you have lots of cases that look the same, there's far more opportunity. Um, but even in complex cases, I think that there's really um, unique opportunity for data analytics. And I'm not talking about judicial analytics um, across a wide variety of cases because lawyers will typically look at those analytics and say, that's not really my case, you know, that's not really my scenario. Um, but more, you know, how do judges make decisions? You know, let's look at, you know, do judges incorporate statements of fact from pretrial briefs or from dispositive motions in their orders? And if they do, how does that change our strategy from the get go? Do we litigate more um, the facts of the case or do we hold the facts closer to our vest until um, trial? So I think that there's a lot of opportunities to employ data and innovation to litigation. But yes, it's a it's a more complex route. Innovation has been a part of Brian Cave for a long time. So when, when we were back in the Davis Wright Tremaine days and we were starting De, De Novo, we were looking around at what law firms were already doing what we aimed to do. And part of that was because we wanted to try and you know, maybe find best practices and have conversations. Part of it is because we wanted to scare our lawyers a little bit into saying, see, other firms are doing this and we should be doing this as well. So you guys have had a, like a fairly long journey and a, a, quite a varied journey all the way up to a merger with a UK firm. Talk about what that has been like over time and how the shifts have occurred. Yeah. I mean, you know, w- f- well prior to my assumption of this role, um, the firm, um, just made a dedicate, dedicated commitment to innovation and um, to be, you know, more business focused. And that the, the real effort started in the late '90s, early 2000s, um, and and it started with pricing and really understanding our data on matters and how we were um, pricing those matters. And then it evolved to okay, how can we stay within the price that we agreed to with the client? How can we employ process improvement or project management or um, reporting and dashboarding through technology. Um, and ultimately, um, by 2015, when I took over this role, I was looking at everything that our firm was doing um, to help our clients manage their matters, to work with clients, to um, uh, you know help the law department work better and um, it became very clear that we were doing legal operations work. And that word, as you know, was just coming, you know, was just surfacing um, through clock and everything else. And so um, we launched our legal operations consultancy really with the focus of um, how can we help law departments function better, have better relationships with the business units. Um, over time, we have grown to look at, okay, how can we not only work within the law department, but how can we take some of those best practices back into our law firm so that we can um, deliver to our clients um, you know, full streams of work in areas where our clients have high volume needs. So commercial contracting is a perfect example of an area where, uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever talked to a client who said, we have our contracts under control. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, how can we solve our clients' commercial contracts problem through a combination of process, um, arbitrage labor, the right levels of people for the right, um, you know, levels of complexity and technology and um, provide our clients reporting and data analytics on those contracts and the contract negotiations and really just, um, you know, be a solutions provider for that challenge that our clients have. 
The idea of this podcast is that it's not just sort of chief marketing officers who are selling legal to clients who are trying to create better client service and become stickier with uh, in-house counsel, uh, but there are a lot of approaches that can be taken. You guys have two different efforts that I'm sort of learning more about, the sort of cantilever effort and the cubed effort. And I'd be curious from a client perspective, what is the difference between those two in terms of what the clients are going to experience? Um, and then how are you guys able to use that to really like make a point to these in-house counsel? We've got these these two approaches that can make a big difference for you. Yeah. I mean, so Cantilever is, is the legal operations consultancy that I had described earlier. And that's a unique division within the firm and discrete division within the firm um, that works with within law departments to help our law departments function better. Um, that group can wall itself off from the rest of the firm. That group helps clients draft RFPs. That group helps clients do spend analysis. And obviously clients, there's a lot of stuff that clients wouldn't want BCLP to have in, in the course of that work. Um, so that group really is dedicated to working within the law departments and helping the law departments achieve whatever objectives they're trying to achieve. Um, BCLP Cubed is our most recent launch. And that's the effort that I described where um, we are identifying certain streams of, of high volume needs and work um, that our lawyers necessarily need to be involved with. So, you know, in the contract example, we not only would have legal operations support for contract management, but then we would also deploy um, teams of managed services um, level attorneys to do sort of the lower to mid-level complexity work. Um, we would have our partners involved with drafting playbooks, um, th you know, through which the the managed services attorneys can can um, negotiate and draft contracts, um, and ultimately the partners also ready to handle escalations. And so, cubed is really a concept of how can we, as a complete law firm, um, solve these big streams of problems um, using our resources, using our lawyers, using our our um, you know. Uh, managed services attorneys, using our process engineers, our technologists, and really put all of that together to help our clients solve these big problems that they have. We'll have more after this message from Design Build Legal. This preview episode of Selling Legal is brought to you by Design Build Legal. Design Build Legal provides business and innovation consulting to law firms and legal departments. In fact, we often work in between the two helping in-house counsel get more value from their law firms and helping those firms differentiate themselves versus their competitors. We start by helping law firms understand what their clients need or want through our Client Insights interview programs. Then we bring the two sides together to create a strategy for solving legal, business, or operational challenges. Finally, we roll up our sleeves. We drive your projects forward. We build on technologies like Neotologic, Haikyuu, ActionStep, and Tableau. And we help you tell your stories to the market. We are Design Build Legal, on the web at designbuildlegal.com. 
Have there been any doors that have opened for you guys that maybe surprised you? Opportunities that the firm has been able to take on that were surprising, or at least it allowed you to say, and this probably happens quite frequently, we wouldn't have gotten in that door if we were a classic law firm doing classic law firm stuff. Are there particular it, stories? That I mean, I have in? an anecdote. That's, that's um, it's something that, you know, has happened a couple of times. But, you know, there's there have been instances in which um, our clients, or not even clients, so companies that we're approaching, um, we have attorneys who have relationships with those companies and um, they want to meet with the GC to, to try to get work. And um, we have brought kind of the typical pitch team of people with expertise in sort of the core areas where we think the company might need services. Um, and we go in and sit down and um, they say, you know, it's really nice to see you again, so-and-so. Um, uh, and thank you for coming all the way over here to meet with us. Um, the reality is, is we kind of have our legal team in place and we're not really looking to change out our legal team. And um, we have had, I mean, uh, th- I mean, this exact scenario has happened where what we start talking about is these con- concepts of, okay, we notice that you're trying to open up 48 branches in the next year. What is the legal department doing to help position itself to facilitate these transactions? And, you know, I've had GCs look at me and say, I've never been asked that question before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, um, what are the business objectives? How is the law department aligning itself to meet those business objectives? Um, You know, and really getting into the the root of what their day-to-day challenges are. What's going to keep them from fulfilling the business objectives? Um, You know, getting those 48 branches open. And then how can we as a law firm, um, you know, facilitate that and help them figure out solutions to that problem. Yeah. It's something we've seen. I had a similar situation once where similar deal, right? It was, a uh, we were, we were assisting a law firm. Uh, they were going out talking to a potential client. So, uh, an in-house team they were not currently working with that in-house team had these like entrenched 30 year relationships with their law firms. And we just didn't think they were, we had any chance at all because we were coming from the other side of the country. And we went in there and we brought to the pitch six partners and me. <laughs> and we sat we spent a full day with that with that in-house team and three quarters of the questions came to me that day which I could not have expected at all but they, again they were like listen you guys have great yeah. lawyers like you wouldn't have gotten in the door if you didn't have the great lawyers but we want to hear about all the other stuff and I imagine that's a similar thing yeah. to what you guys face a lot yeah and you, you've talked about like making sure that the people like it was me in that situation but if you've got these process engineers you've got these pricing people, you've got these legal solutions architect, they should be in that room. They should be there. They should be, but in order to have them in the room, they need to have the appropriate visibility into what the firm's capabilities are as a whole. You have to have people within the firm who really see the full picture and have visibility into the full picture of what the teams are, how they work together, and how they can come together to to solve the client's problems because if, if they, you know, um, you know, have myopia, you know, that that's not the best way to, to serve the client either. But I completely agree that you got to get your people, 
um, visibility into how the client, the firm can solve problems and then get them in the room. I've always felt like the worst thing that can happen in one of those meetings is that you have all the partners, you have all the lawyers, the substantive experts, and then the questions start coming about process or technology or staffing or data. And the lawyers have to say, we'll get back to you on that. Yes. Or, or like, we'll, you know, yes, that's a really good question. Took a note. We'll, we'll get you in touch with the person. It just feels like having them there, you know, in, in the initial conversation, it just eliminates that need to be like, good question. And also the in-house counsel doesn't want to have to feel like the partner is somehow overseeing technology, that the partner is doing the staffing. They want to know that those, there are people that exist that are doing that. Not only just because you don't want to pay $800 an hour to that person to do that, but that person is, that's not their core competency. That's, that's exactly right. Um, you know, there, there is a, uh, company that speaks publicly on this. I'm reluctant to name them here, but, um, they issued an RFP and they were for the RFP interview. Um, they essentially were testing um, their law firms in terms of who, which uh, among the law firms would bring somebody with the ability to speak legal operations. And only one law firm brought somebody who could speak legal operations and answer those questions. And that was happened to be us, which was great. Um, but they they talk publicly about this scenario because they're they're essentially telling their law firms you need to bring these people because we will ask the questions and you may lose work if you don't if you can't get these questions answered so i think it, i think it's really important i also think it's great when companies speak publicly about that and we can point you know to those scenarios and say look this is why it's this important to have people in the room how has it been explaining all of this to your lawyers, like getting your lawyers on board? I, we, we've noticed, so Kate and I have been doing Design Build Legal now for three years. We've noticed that in our first year, we were whenever we get an opportunity to go talk to a firm or in-house team, we were having to sort of educate them on like what was the point of what we were trying to do for them. This year has felt more like that groundwork has been laid and now we're, we're not just sort of getting them up to a level, but we're kind of at the same level and then we're talking about how we can execute on and, and achieve outcomes. But with your lawyers, I'm curious, how has it shifted over time in terms of having to sort of almost like sell yourself internally versus maybe not so much anymore? How are those conversations? Yeah, I mean, you know, and I really mean this. I'm not just saying this because one of our lawyers might be listening, but um, our firm, we're lucky because our firm has been, has had such a focus on innovation for so long. I mean, since 2000, right? So our lawyers are conditioned as part of the culture to embrace these concepts and to, to, if they don't understand it, to, to figure it out, you know, to keep trying until they understand it. Um, and BLP, which is the firm uh, with whom we merged uh, over a year ago, had the same culture. It was an amazing synergy in that respect. Um, and so what I would say is that they've always been open to it which I, I think that is a fundamental challenge right there. You have to have openness to a different way of thinking about things. And we're really lucky that our lawyers have that openness. I agree with you that concepts like legal operations, it's, it's you know, new-ish to the industry still. You know, it's only about five years old. Um, th- th- whereas in 2015, it was sort of a brand new concept for a lot of people. Um, now there's there's you know, far more comprehension and, you know, understanding of not only what it means, but 
how they can issue spot when they're talking to clients, you know, where there's opportunities for us to help from a legal operations perspective um, and, you know, how they can ask the right questions to even get to that issue spotting. And that is going to be so valuable for you then to be able to not feel like you or someone in your team has to be in all those conversations, like that you got the lawyers to the point where they can do the issue spotting because that is not, that's not easy and that's not a traditional sort of partner role. Uh, so if you're there, that must be awesome for you guys. I, I, I'm not going to claim that we're 100% there, but we, but we, we, um, we're, we're getting there and we, um, you know, the outlook is very positive from, you know, and, and I think that, um, our lawyers want to be able to have those conversations with their clients. Partners want to be the best, you know, business partner and advisor they can be to their clients. And so the more they can really get to the heart of what is keeping the client up at night, um, the better, advisor they can be. And so these are questions that resonate with them because it helps them be um, better. Yeah. We'll get you out of here on one more. Um, we're at an American Bar Association event today, you and I, up in the up in the Rockies in Colorado. If you hear me panting, it's because we're at like 9,000 <laughs> feet and I live at six feet uh, in Seattle. Um, but we're here at the event today and, and we're talking to a bunch of folks. We were talking a little about sort of your experience having a dedicated team, my experience at, at the previous law firm. But a lot of folks in the audience, they they may be working with a variety of firms that aren't one of these like, you know, six or eight firms that have really gone to the lengths that that, that our firms have. What advice do you have for folks who are in law firms? They want to do what the kind of stuff we've done, but they're don't. They're like, and I because I hear this all the time. Well, and this is actually part of the reason we went out on our own is people would come to us and say, "We're never going to have six people or forty mm-hmm. people, but if we could have you for three weeks or the two of you for six months, we could get these three outcomes, and that would yeah. be great." What sort of advice do you have for people who are in that role who say? I'm getting these RFP questions that I can't answer or that I can't, I can answer with vaporware, but I can't answer it with things we have done because we haven't done those things. What sort of advice do you have for them to start moving in the direction? Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. I, you know, a lot of people um, are prone to jump right into technology. Um, and I think that's a mistake. Um, I think uh, especially if you don't really understand the tech or really understand what the problem is you're trying to fix, um, or even if you have a problem. <laughs> and so, I mean, my biggest, I think what I would say regardless, whether it's a client or whether it's a law firm, is you have to start with process. Um, as a litigator, I would hear the term process and my eyes would go blurry um, because I didn't understand how powerful it was. Um, I think that's a term that lawyers are still kind of, you know, coming to understand. Um, but if you really, you know, take a rigorous approach to process and have the right people in the room to, to figure out, okay, we want to innovate um, how we're delivering um, our commercial contracts, right? To get somebody in the room who's trained in process and to, to talk through how it's done today and areas where we could add in efficiencies in technology to improve it, that's, that's going to be a way better start than just slapping technology on an unknown problem. Yeah. 
I lied. I'm gonna get you with even one more, uh, just because I want to talk about your passion for this, right? Like one of the things I think that stands out about you is that you really do enjoy what you do, uh, or at least you hide it really well. You're a really great actress. Um, what what is it about this role that you have? The experience that you've had with the, the merger with a UK firm, which I'm sure through a lot, you know, get a lot of opportunities and challenges. What do you just? What do you like about what you're doing? You know, it's that's yeah. I I think it goes back to this whole thing that I just talked about, which is as lawyers and partners, we really care about our clients and care about helping our clients. And um, for me, all of these concepts really goes to the heart of helping people solve problems. Um, And whether it's with our partners or with, with, with clients or, you know, whatever it is, the more that we can help people um, be, uh, you know, positive and make money and do business um in in my view just the 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 better you know we're performing in our profession and so i i really think that's what it comes down to i also love as i said learning new things but i i do think it comes down to that advisor that trusted advisor concept well one of the cool things about having your own podcast is you get to go talk to people that you like and people that you respect <laughs> and that's certainly the case here we've known katie for a long time she's one of the best uh, we really appreciate you i appreciate show. it andy it's great to see you This has been Selling Legal from Design Build Legal, the same team that brought you Legal Ops Rising with 15 episodes and more than 5,000 downloads. Our thanks to Katie DeBoard for joining us for the launch of Selling Legal. We have five more episodes rolling out soon. If your company is interested in sponsoring Selling Legal, drop us a note to Andy at designbuildlegal.com. For more information on Selling Legal, visit us on the web at designbuildlegal.com slash sellinglegal or on Twitter at sellinglegal.